A lot of people don't like meditating and sitting there. That's fine. Meditating can be walking. Meditating can be doing the dishes. It's just being consciously aware of whatever you're doing in that moment. So, and that's where Michael Jordan talks about, right? That he he was a mystic. He lived in the moment. And best athletes kind of live in that way. Maybe not perfectly, but they still live in the moment as it is. That was Ricky Crib. You can hear more from Ricky very soon. But first, we'd just like to say a big thank you to Ancestral Supplements for supporting this episode. Ancestral Supplements are a company on a mission to put back in what the modern world has left out to return people back to strength, health and happiness. And they use organic grass-fed sources for all of their supplements and products to have the biggest overall impact on people's health. Check them out at ancestralsupplements.com and look at their great range of products. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 110. Today we spoke with Ricky Cribb, mindset coach, the Maori mystic, and flow coach with Brumbies Rugby. Ricky is a mental skills coach with over a decade of experience, having worked in Saudi Arabia, South Korea, and Australia. Known as the Maori mystic, he specializes in mindfulness and well-being development. Ricky combines world-class pedagogy, sports psychology, and the unknown to form a transformative mental skills approach. Player welfare and holistic well-being are at the core. His purpose is to make people better human beings. He specifically helps pro rugby players get the mental edge, ranging from international, pro 14, top 14, super rugby, English premiership, and school players across the globe. In this episode, we talk about Ricky's overall approach and ethos, getting comfortable with the unknown, and what Hawara means. We unpack the philosophy of being in the moment, aka flow. We discuss triggers and routines for getting in the zone, from day-to-day mundane activities such as doing the dishes, to lighting it up when it's go time in more competitive environments. Thanks for joining us, bro. P.S. Ricky is a monster fan. Ricky Cribb, thanks a million for joining us from so far away. We're really looking forward to speaking to you today. How are you? Yeah, look, very good, thank you. And um, likewise, I, I really enjoy um, these conversations and, and sort of learning, being challenged and growing. And it's, it's, it embodies what I do myself, I guess, mate, as a, as a flow coach. So, yeah, and we'll look at, look at, look at uh, getting into that, I guess. Yeah, man, Ricky, like, could you just share for the listeners – where is home for you or maybe even where you're taking this call from so everyone can get a sense as to even the time zone commitment piece? Yeah, so uh, we've recently relocated from South Korea. I was teaching internationally there. So gone back to our house in New Zealand. Then I've come over to Canberra um, recently to do um, work with the Brumbies, do some uh, mental skills, sports psych stuff with them. And I'm now in Melbourne. So a lot of that's to do with COVID. So heading back to New Zealand, there's no direct flights from Canberra. I'm with my family in Melbourne. So it's the evening here just after 9 p.m. And yeah, COVID sort of got me stuck a bit of limbo and I've got to practice what I preach a bit and be comfortable with the unknown and, and learn to you know accept and grow in sort of the things that I as a coach teach people and obviously I, I do embody and live it so it's just a little bit about letting things be as they will and um, yeah being comfortable with that at the moment because I'm a little bit stuck in Melbourne mate and hopefully you can get on a flight in two weeks and get into quarantine in New Zealand but we're actually going into talking about that midnight we're in a lockdown here man so there's UK strains just hit Melbourne so COVID's kind of taking me on a bit of a journey and started in South Korea when it first outbroke. 
from China and now I'm from via New Zealand, back to Korea, back to New Zealand again, Canberra, Melbourne, and now I'm in quarantine, mate. So not quarantine, but um, isolation. Tough times, but who better to be able to, to handle it? But Ricky, look, you, you, you mentioned the word their journey, and that's something that jumps out to us when we kind of look at your background. It's fascinating with the amount of skills in, in your corner. I suppose the two of us are curious as to where it kind of started for you, the, the kind of interest in the, the mindfulness, the mindset piece, the, the flow piece that's now brought you, obviously, to working for a, such a successful, long-established professional rugby team such as the Brumbies. Yeah, so um, I guess I've, I've, as I sort of, like if you look at my outline on LinkedIn or Instagram uh, under the Moldy Mystic or my name, Ricky Cribb, you'll see that I, I've taken a while actually to, to really figure out even what to call what I do as it's one of the, I feel it's an area that's really just starting to evolve and really take on it, it's it, take on a lot of growth. And if you look at um, in terms of a, a lot of, a lot of what's happening in America. There's flow, there's mindfulness. Um, I've seen it a lot in educational settings, growth mindset, and um, my own journey as well. I studied at university sports psychology, so mental skills. I had that, being well grounded in that. And um, 2006, I graduated, so I'm about 14 years in doing doing teaching, mental skills. I actually was strength and conditioning mostly to start with and then um, teaching health and physical education, so teaching water or holistic well-being, which is very much embedded in, in um, New Zealand health paradigms and, and schools. So all of those things together, it kind of created what I do, I guess. And probably for me, the biggest thing was I was about 10 years ago, um, overcoming some of my own trauma as um, from childhood and some of my own uh, challenges growing up that, that I, I'd suppressed. Basically, the only the only way for me to sort of overcome and grow through a lot of that and sort of um, transform who I was as a person, which is what I coach, was... Um, the, the real spiritual um, spiritual journey. So followed a lot of um, amazing spiritual teachers through YouTube, mate, to be honest. It was just all YouTube. And, and um, it was one of those things where I felt the connection and through my Māori heritage sense something, you know, there was a truth there, but it took me a long time to really learn and grow through that. And it's formed what I do now, really, because I see, you know, flow and mindfulness, mental skills, team culture and holistic well-being all coming from that essence of knowing yourself and um, living and being in the moment, which, you know, and I, I don't use the term spiritual, spiritual too much because people have a certain connotation around it and generally close off. So um, you might you might notice with my content that I, I try and kind of, you know, very artistically point there without being too um, – too obvious about it as as probably that taters to the the, the um, most people as well. They they tend to gravitate probably initially towards the sports psych and mindfulness flow, and then um, some of the the deeper truths people after a while then then become a little bit more accustomed to and and, and are able to take it on. And um, generally, the players I work with and then coaches and teams have followed me for a while. So you know, I guess it's kind of like a little bit of scaffolding and teaching and inquiry-based stuff and learning. And, 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 and again, I use my, my skills as a teacher, teaching internationally in Saudi Arabia and South Korea, as well as New Zealand, to put all that together. hope that makes sense, mate. I, I, I know I'm, I'm sort of going through it quickly, but it's because um, it'd be good to get into sort of a lot, a lot of the detail with you guys. It's because it's it's so extensive. It's a great history. Um, what we'd like to what we'd like to uh, jump into. You mentioned a few teachers there on YouTube. 
that you learned from. Can you name a few of the teachers that really impacted you? And maybe if you can remember some of the lessons that really resonated with you. Yeah, so Krishnamurti was the main one, to be honest. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, so his, his whole journey was to be, if you look at sort of like spiritual and I don't even know what they call it, like occult type, real deep spiritual teachings and followings, he was supposed to be like the world teacher. And then he, he basically, you know, didn't want to do that and said, no, no, that's not for me. Spirituality is about your own path. So it was really inquiry-based. So very much how I kind of coach and, and taught as a teacher. So who are you, you know? Um, so for example, I never set myself up as the expert. It's more about shared inquiry. And in Māori culture, we call it aqua, which is, and Socrates talks about this, which is the teacher-learner, learner-teacher reciprocation. So again, in this conversation, I see us as equal and then allowing that flow to happen and allowing our, our collective consciousness as as to, to sort of be one in, in this moment. And again, in Māori, when you meet in Greek, you say tenākwe, which is um, I am one with you. So the language is really a being culture in Māori. So, so Krishnamurti taught a lot of this stuff and it's very much about inquiry and, um, you know, know yourself. Who are you? Where does your fears come from? Where do your thoughts come from? It's a very deep inquiry. And then um, probably more recently, Eckhart Tolle, who's, who's pretty well known. I read his book, The Power of Now, which was pretty transformational for me. And, um, you know, he sold millions of copies of that and it took me on a bit of a journey, a little bit deeper. And then um, Muji is another guy who I base a lot of my meditations on. He's quite direct. So he's kind of that Eastern non-duality type. That, that sort of lineage there and um yeah and then i link in into my own maori culture as well so that's that's pretty much it i guess in terms of the, the main sort of guys who helped me overcome um a lot of my trauma growing up which um which was sort of pretty deep man to be honest so it's this isn't all i think we've got to realize when we talk about mindset and being is that you know, like you guys are Irish, right? And it's similar yeah, to Maori, yeah. you know, there's, there's a bit of trauma there, man. And it's in our genetics and DNA a bit. So, you know, to overcome that, we've got to really transcend it. Like, and you can only do that if you, you become aware and still because you've got to transcend the subconscious, unconscious. So it can't be done within the mind. So that's really ultimately, you know, summarizes what I do, I guess, as a coach. And I'm very mindful though that, um, you guys and some of your listeners might get it, but the majority will, will listen a little bit more to the sports, like the practical, the mental skills, you know what I mean, the meditation, the breathing. And then when they're ready, when it, when it's their moment and, and time, then they can maybe go a, bit, a little bit deeper into that inquiry, into who they are. So, yeah, I love the Irish man. And there's a lot of Irish listeners here. I always get on pretty well. And, you know, um, some guy, my mate told me recently that, Māori might have come from Ireland or something and we're white. I've got no idea what's true, mate, to be honest, but I think it's a, it's a great age of discovery that we're living in, to be honest. Yeah, for sure, man. Love that. And look, I have to, have to first say, uh, you know, love, love the openness, love the, the showing of vulnerability, giving us a little bit of a history as to kind of where it nearly all traced from, Ricky. And yeah, look, personally, soft spot for New Zealand, been there four times, there for Lions Tour, there for the Rugby World Cup. Lived in Wellington, spent some time in Rotorua, uh, wear a toki around my neck. So personally, really have a, a soft spot for um, the land of the long white cloud. Something that the two of us here are really curious about, Ricky, and uh, it's a huge piece of the work you do, and it's something you've touched on. And we got 
all the value from it and we've tried to make our our change on it and our pivot hawara it's a philosophy that obviously we learned from new zealand and and we've brought it into into the space here in ireland where we're working with with companies and, and sports teams not just in ireland but abroad on trying to work on kind of whole person well-being would love to just get your sense on hawara and how you've actually progressed and iterated it so that it resonates a little bit more yeah fantastic so yeah i'll, I'll um this is really important and i'm, I'm very um yeah, it's amazing that you brought it up. And firstly, I, I, I'll say that I appreciate what you do and appreciate that you're seeing the value in something that's a kind of a, a Maori framework of holistic well-being. And um, it's incredible to see you lo- using it in Ireland. And, you know, I, I, I feel there's a real connection with Maori and Irish. Um, so as I said, my my mother's side is Fanukan. And then so I think that's Irish, mate. Correct me if I'm wrong. That must be the really strong side of the family, Ricky. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a, <laughs> it is, mate. And um <laughs> and apparently my nana said we'd we'd come from the Vikings and I'm I'm very much, you know, want to explore that and go to Norway and go back to Ireland and, you know, find my roots there more and um, you know, because growing up in New Zealand and being being part Māori. It's relatively easy to do. So I've been to Dublin, mate, but just for a weekend and probably was in the bars more than anything. So, <laughs> um, so just, just to, towards that model. So ho order. And I've got a lot, lot of respect for it. There's a lot of mana that's in there. So a lot of, um, presence and Sue Mason Jury. He's actually from my town building. He's from the same iwi as me, Nati Kofata. And I actually worked at a, the school that he created around Ho Order in New Zealand. So at the time it was Tutor, and it was really a school that embodied his model, to be honest, and his nephews ran it. And now it's called Manukura. And so I'm very, very closely linked inside with it. And I actually rung him a few days ago, Sir Mason Jury, um, and talked a little bit about it with him. So, and he's the guy who created the model. He's at Massey University. And you've got to remember with whole order guys, it's recognized by the World Health Organization. It's not just in the New Zealand school curriculum where I've taught it, but it's also within um, the health and sort of like mental health in New Zealand. It's, it's, it's everywhere, mate. And, um, but when I look at it, I do take a critical lens. It could be applied a lot better in New Zealand. Like, I think, I think we're still too mind dominant, which is, which maybe points to the Western macro societal lens that New Zealand has, which probably comes back to the, um, the colonial lens. And, you know, we've got to appreciate that there's been 200 years of suppression and control and subordination of the Māori culture. So um, I, I have a lot of gratitude, guys, to Māori who have kept our culture, kept our language, and I'm sure you can resonate a little bit um, being Irish with, um, you know, over hundreds of years being able to keep your culture. So, you know, and I just want to make, make that clear. And, um, when I look at Hoarder, it's the land is the foundation, right? And, um, with a lot of Māori, a lot of the land, we, we're not even connected to the land as we once were. Now, some people are in certain iwis in the country, but generally, mostly, we're not really. So the model, again, for it, for it to work and for land to be primary, it's not really going to work that well. Like, you know, for a while. And then you look at the four walls. So you've got the physical, 
uh, social, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And um, I'm sure you guys teach and coach this, so I won't go on to too much, but it's that holistic well-being where the land's the foundation and then you you have those other dimensions. So, And I, I guess for me how I see it is, you know, if your physical's if your mental side's down, then you're, you're more tired, your emotions, your physical. So it's the Western would look at the mind, very mind dominant, and always see the mind as the beginning and end, the solution. Whereas in Māori, the ho order means breath or holistic well-being, life. And, um, you know, that's why we wear our green stones, man. I know you mentioned it. So we wear our ponamu away from New Zealand or away from our whenua. So each iwi is connected to their land and that green stone connects us to the life force really of of the land. And um, that's that's why in Māori we have that. And and um, so just to, just to fast forward a little bit, guys, I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably will get that. So for me, in my own spiritual journey, um, I would change it around. I see the essence as being so the found, I, I created a circular model where the central nucleus is that spiritual. So knowing yourself and um, being in the moment, living in the moment, and just connecting with 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 nature and others and your own inner essence. So for me, when you do that, the land it's the land isn't there as the primary foundation. So which is more of a holistic model if you think about the world and nature and the cosmos. And it's more of a deeper spiritual truth. And you look at the Bible and Jesus says about um, digging your foundations deep into the rock. So when the winds and rains come, you know, you're, you're stable. So to me, that means having that presence and awareness and being spiritually in tune. So, you know, or other, otherwise it's, you know, if you dig your foundation into the sand, which is all in the mine, you're very vulnerable, right? So we can see that. So my own model, we had that as a nucleus and now on the outside, the holistic well-being. So the same as the whole order, so the land and the four pillars. And then on the outside of that is the mental skills. So how can we use skills like visualization to shift who we are? How can we use affirmation? So... That's kind of for me. I, I guess I switched up the the, the essence and the, the deeper truth because if you're one with yourself, you're one with the cosmos, and, and you're one with nature, and you can sort of see that. And vibrationally, you can see that. And then the outsiders using mental skills to enhance, shift, change, grow, learn. Um, so yeah, that's how I sort of what I do. Really, I feed from the inner outer to the mental skills, and everyone's different. It's, no one's at the right, wrong place. Everyone's on their own journey of, of discovery and, and, you know, their own conscious journey as human beings. And I, I respect where everyone is, to be honest. I don't expect anyone to be anywhere but where they are. Yeah, I'd love to dive into your model a bit more because it echoes with what we try to do um, over here. We have our four walls, but instead of the land being the main center or nucleus, we have it as someone's personal vision, mission and values something that maybe is resonating with your self-awareness piece. So I'd love you to build out more on that if you could. Well, I think, I think you just answered it, mate. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's really the same model as me, really. If I was going to have the model of ho order, I'd have the same thing, right? You know, as long as it's about the person and who they are and, and something important to them and knowing themselves, you know, the good, bad, the highs, lows and everything, positive, negative, the whole yin and yang dynamic. And then the whole order, holistic well-being come off that. And then, yeah, whatever you do in terms of the practical sports-like skills, 
her uh, manifestation of of that model. So I'd say it's all yeah. No, our models would would basically be the same thing, mate. To be honest, that's good to hear. <laughs> that's good. That's so we're doing some. Yeah. We're doing some. Like, we're, 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 we're trying our, trying to get there. Well, there you go, boys. There you go, mate. It's um, I don't, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, man, but I see a lot of affinity with what I'm doing to what you guys are doing. Love that. Um, we'd like to just take a, a little a little turn into the work you're doing now in, in rugby. You know, we both have a soft spot for the sport. The man beside me is from Dublin. I'm from Limerick, so Munster, better team. Uh, bit of a <laughs> bit of a bit of a dig, bit of a dig there, but we've had some good people from New Zealand through the years, um, as have Leinster actually. Um, <laughs> So, Ricky, what kind of what's the work you do for the Brumbies currently? You say you're a flow coach. What is what does that exactly mean, maybe for the listeners that aren't too sure as to what that entails? Firstly, mate, I've got a back monster because I'm working with um, young Jack Crowley there, who's a young kid coming through, and mate, he's doing some incredible work. So I'll go with the monster there and, uh, and support them. Yes, Ricky, we're well, friends forever, bro. <laughs> and yeah. I remember Dougie Harlett and a couple of the boys were there. Yeah, man, Dougie. Um, so Flo, um, to be honest, guys, I'm I'm still kind of creating what I do because it's not really it's not re- it's that it's that growth phase I feel for. You know, this kind of spiritual coaching coming into the Western sports like mental skills and it's really early in. So, you know, I'm I'm sort of I used to call myself a transformational coach because it was about transforming your consciousness, which is probably more accurate than flow, but the reason why I went with flow is because that's where the research is at the moment. So from transformational would be the most accurate in my opinion, but flow links to flow research and it's just one of those things where you know if people are looking for a coach they'll probably look for the terminology that's been used you know and in sort of society so but underneath flow i have kind of my four pillars if you like which are mindfulness so mindfulness meditation breathing work holistic well-being so that whole water model um team culture so sort of um, creating that um, culture, positive environments and energetically growth mindset type stuff. And then mental skills, which is a sports psychology. So um, all of the specific skills such as routines, visualization, goal setting and so on. So, um, But when you, when you break it down, I don't look at goal setting like sports psychology does, you know. I don't look at visualization. They don't do manifesting. You know, imagery is very different because when you're doing stuff from the moment, there's a the energy is completely different. So when I break down what I do, it's all energy. You know, when you understand energy, vibration, I'm quite fortunate that my Maori culture is is all about energy and being. And you guys see in New Zealand, right? The um, the haka, the poor poor the welcomes, uh, the prayer, the chants, the faikorero, all sorts of things, waiata music it's all vibration and um i've heard irish is, is, is a similar thing similar sort of traditions and ancient sort of you know links to that so i'm not sure if that's true or not guys you'll have to correct me but um in terms of flow flow for me it's just being in the moment like this conversation to me is an embodiment of flow you know i just um i'm very open i, I see myself as one with you guys in this conversation to allow it to flow to allow consciously the the conversation just to flow through and um as an athlete it's about being in the moment so how do you so how do you play in the moment or play in flow 
how do you train in the gym and be in flow of the moment so really it's just about where you're so how i would describe it is it's not trying to think or get somewhere or trying to achieve or gain you're just literally in that moment so breathing can bring you there music vibration um doing mindfulness meditation stuff the more you practice it the more naturally it comes back so movement flows something i do so and again, a lot of ancient cultures have done all this stuff, guys. When you see vibration and music and haka and dance, and you know, it's just about connecting with with life a lot more and being one with the planet. And that's how that's how you can flow, right? If you're one with the cosmos, then you literally there's a there's an element of surrender and flow and, and flowing your intuition and instincts. And obviously, right, the best players play in flow or play in the moment. So flow to me is just being in the moment. And how do you you can't you can't sort of get to game day and want to be in the moment because that whole desire and mind activity doesn't allow you to, it's, it's actually creates more noise and you've got to be quite still and simple in what you do to play and flow. And there's an element of surrender to it. So um, some people who are religious, it's quite easy to surrender to God or whatever. It, it can be what you want or it might be just, um, you know, you train really well during the week. You're willing to let the game be as it is. You're, you're willing to let all possibilities arise and be comfortable with all possibilities. So, yeah, I know it's a little bit, it's not that easy to explain and, and I'm sure you guys can maybe explain it better than me, but um, that's the whole point, right? It's not really something you can explain. You just live it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's still being understood and it's very specific to the individual as well. Um, quick question on it. The way we interpret it is that it's not like a light switch. You can't just switch it on. You have to go through a routine. You have to have triggers in order to get into that state of flow that we would call competitive flow, maybe something that you want to be as efficient, as effective as you can and be in the moment, as you mentioned. Would you look into working with triggers or routines in order to promote flow in the people you work with? Yeah, mate, for sure. Um, Obviously, everyone's individual. Um, Me, I kind of live in flow, really, to be honest. Because I've done it so much, I can, I pretty much live with, within that energy of intuition and just trusting my my heart. And you find that it guides you a lot in almost everything you do. Not that I'm perfect, but um, you know. It, and, and the reason I'm saying that is just to give the example that once you've once you've really done it a lot, it's just your natural state. And that's where Michael Jordan talks about, right? That he he was a mystic. He lived in the moment. And best best athletes kind of live in that way. Maybe not perfectly, but they still live in the moment as it is. And and like Israel Adesanya, he says it as well. And I'm sure Conor McGregor as well. Um, Probably more when he was at his peak. Um, So, yeah. So in terms of flow... Yeah, everyone's different. I generally, most people, I'd recommend the morning routine. So waking up, not going on your phone, maybe going outside for a walk. Like you can do anything to be in the moment, right? And I like to recommend what people enjoy. So if someone surfs, I'd say, man, surf for an hour every morning or go for a swim or exercise, move. Come up with a morning routine that allows you to be just really in the moment with whatever you're doing. And, you know, if you've got kids, that's a great time. And plan times during the week. And Anton Leonard Brown and Broden Brown talk about this where they plan golf just to play golf and switch off from rugby. And So the more you can do that, the more in the moment you are, the more in the flow you are. And as you just do it consistently, it naturally comes back and research is showing this. So Dr. Joe Dispenza is a neuroscientist. He's showing that people who meditate a lot, who are in flow a lot, in the moment a lot, all of a sudden when they're hooked up with measurements, 
then all of a sudden one hour at the night they're just in the moment and then in that flow state out of nowhere it just comes back it's a little bit like anxiety right when you have a panic attack it just comes out of nowhere and he calls it a love attack it comes out of nowhere so um, something else I recommend is choose three activities in the day where you're just present. You might be walking up the stairs, where you're breathing and present, feeling the movements, feeling the breeze. Could be even doing the dishes. Uh, it could be whenever you're walking. Could be when you're driving the car. You're just consciously just trying to be there, and, and then use all your senses. So that's without not trying to use them, but just seeing, just hearing, not being someone who's looking at something. You know, it's it gets a little bit. I like like to simplify it with people and just keep it to those basics and you know and then uh, meditation's good and you know when I say of you meditating so it's just about sitting and watching and you know you'll find that your mind's there a lot and overactive and it's really quite frustrating but when I meditate with people it doesn't take much for me to get them to realize that they can watch themselves, watch their reactions and emotions. And then once you're there, try and take that into everyday life. You know, try and a good one is around people who perhaps aren't that pleasant to be around. Try and stay still and watch your reactions and don't react type thing. And if you can do that, mate, then a game's nothing. Rugby's nothing, you know, especially with people you have strong relationships with colleagues, you know, your partner, family. You can practice this stuff all the time and, you know, I've done it a lot, to be honest. And I've done it 10 years, so, you know, my journey has been 10 years so far and um, I don't expect people to pick things up straight away. And a lot of people don't like meditating and sitting there. That's fine. Meditating can be walking. Meditating can be doing the dishes. It's, it's just being consciously aware of um, whatever you're doing in that moment. So that's, that's kind of, yeah. How, how I would structure it, that morning routine, three activities, a bigger activity a week, breathing, certainly for sure, just breathing nice and deeply, naturally, in and out. They're simple things, man, but they, they require a bit of attention and, and a little bit of effort at the start just to get started with it. And then it gets easier and easier. And, and most players I work with, to be honest, they make excellent gains because I'm coaching them one-on-one and, you know, like they're, they're different people within a, within probably, you know, six, seven weeks, man. After one or two sessions, it's it's not that hard, but it's just that it's not very well understood um, in yeah. the Western world, mate, to be honest. Thanks for elaborating there on that and giving us some detail. Look, you're somebody that obviously introspection, self-awareness, reflection, understanding oneself is a huge part of what of what makes you uh, what makes you tick. And um, obviously with the work you do with people, curious um, asking you, say if you're walking down the street, so you're back, you're back in New Zealand, you're back home and uh, you're walking down the street and you see a 15-year-old version of yourself walking right by you, looking great, looking fit, looking strong, looking healthy. What would you say to the younger version of yourself now, considering all the stories, all the journeys, all the, the lessons that you've learned to date? Well, mate, this actually happened to me a couple of days ago. I caught the train into the city and um, he's a young Aboriginal boy. And I was just drawn to him. I find a lot of the times I just follow kind of my, what we call white or in Māori or spirit. I was drawn to him, man, because I seen me as him younger and I got talking to him. He's a 14 year old kid. He, has, he was in a little, you know, he's, he's uh, in a little bit of a gang and streets and I wasn't, but I just seen a lot of potential in him. And I actually had the conversation with him. I was like, just talk to him and he let his guard down, right? Because, you know, he's a little bit, a little bit of a rough upbringing and his family and probably doesn't have role models. And so similar, similar to me. Um, and I just, 
got talking to him and I was like, mate, you're smart, man. You're, you know, look at all these adults here. You've got more emotional intelligence than them because you've had to learn. You've had adversity and pain probably more than everyone on this carriage. And part of that is giving them confidence subconsciously, but it's true. I'm not making it up. And he's a very intelligent young guy, IQ. He was starting a new school. He'd been expelled from a school. And man, and part of me is just, is, is what I do is, um, Kind of my life's about giving back, man, and, and just trying to give back and, you know, help others so that they can sort of overcome a lot of maybe the challenges. And so this young kid was no different and he was going to school, a new school and everything. And, you know, he's very, very much in the conversation, high IQ, EQ, more than at teachers I've worked with, mate, you know, and, and I can sense that. I don't, I don't judge. People like even my daughter, mate, is probably smarter than me and she's four years old. And I mean that, mate. She says wiser things than me, man. And um, it keeps me humble for sure. My little son, who's one, meditates better than me. And I kind of taught him a little bit. Movement flow started copying me. So, you know, and a lot of that is just... um it's just how I live, but so this young kid, I, I gave him fifty dollars, mate. I was like, man, get you a good, get you have to have a good meal, and if you wanna, if you wanna, mate, do whatever you wanna do, man. He was meeting one of his mates who had been beaten up by some other guys, and you know, man, that made me feel good, man. He, you know, he just had a big smile. I couldn't believe it that some random guys giving him a bit of bit of cash, and it's um, it's part of part of my journey, boys, is to is to change the lives of millions of people, man, and to you know, to really help others and, you know, and show people there's another way, there's another way to it, man. And and I, and I'm, I think country level, like certainly with Māori, with what we've been through, it hasn't been pretty with, with colonisation and um, I'm sure Irish, there's a similar sort of history there. And mate, but by the time I leave the earth, maybe, hopefully, inshallah, I live to 100, I want New Zealand to be a fully pure being country, man. That's That's the sort of thing that gets me excited. That's excellent. It's a great story and shows the importance of giving back. And it nicely takes on to the next question, a question we ask everybody that comes on the show. And it's before you leave us, hopefully at 100 years old. <laughs> we, want to, we want to get your opinion on this. It's what does high performance mean to you, Ricky? Look, high performance for me is loving what you do. You know, like, mate, I'd, I'd rather be in a team with people who I enjoyed it and it was fun and we got smashed every time, mate, Then. a in a team that was sort of stressed and high anxiety and all external, you know, and one. And, and I know that's just an extreme example, but it's just trying to, you know, highlight the point. And Johnny Wilkinson talks about this. You know, doing the dishes with him gave him as much joy as winning the World Cup. And he also said that when he won the World Cup, five minutes later, he was already on a downhill slide. So there's a big lesson in that, right, that no matter what you're doing in high performance, it's about the journey. It's about the process. It's about loving the, loving, learning to love the pain and grow and, and, and the wins and the losses and accepting all of them and letting them all be. You know, that, that's what it's about for me, man. So the process really and the, it's just life, mate. Just living life, you know, not projecting a second out of the moment or a second before, just being in the moment as it is, mate. So much of that echoes the work and the philosophy, what we're trying to do here with the, with the people we're impacting in Ireland with Haora. In Ireland, what we say is be well, be present, be healthy. And what really came through this conversation is the kind of presentness piece. I'd just like to say from the two of us, just really grateful for your time today. Thanks very much for, for sharing some of your stories and some of your wisdom and, and really wishing you all the best with your, with your young family um, and looking forward to seeing what happens with this, this one-year-old. Uh, the, the young Maori, this young Maori mystic on on the way, um, 
Yeah, stay fit and stay well. Hey, brothers, thanks a lot, man. Um, I'm feeling that Fanukan blood in me at the moment, so appreciate it, boys. And um, thanks, thank you very much. Very grateful for being on, being on here. Appreciate it, Ricky. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A-Life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.